Good morning, my brothers and my sisters in the body of Christ, the church. Of course, I'm not speaking of an organization when I say that I'm speaking of a living organism. Hallelujah. We are united together as one. Um, Unfortunately, uh, so many of us, we I don't want to necessarily say that we take it for granted, the unity, the bond through the faith that we have in Jesus, the triumphant King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Christ, Yeshua. Um, But there are many of us who neglect that unity. Um, And to me, it's just it's upsetting because God has taught me not only what love is and how to express that love. And to me, the expression of that love, not just with mere words, but with action and truth, as we see St. John, Apostle John put it. But it's, it's that demonstration, it's that exemplification of, of love, you know, that agape love, agape, you know, to treat each other like agapetos, uh, which would be a, a beloved, you know, a beloved in Christ, a fellow Adelphoi, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what you are. Our bond has been solidified by our faith in Christ through the operations of the Holy Spirit, the operational work of the Holy Spirit, bringing forth, solidifying in totality this relationship, this relational bond that we have. And yet so many of us, <laughs> forgive me if it, seems, if it sounds like I'm preaching, but I just needed to express this, that so many of us are just plainly neglecting Right. There's so much division. There's so much hostile, uh, just uh, just hostility. You know, there there's just a spirit of dissension upon the church that is causing us as we are family to to be separated and not be joined together the way that God intended, which is only going to strengthen and magnify our faith and intensify our relationship with, well, the Alpha and the Omega. Right. And then the praise, the worship, the honor, the glory, the exaltation of his holy and precious and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, will only be much more amplified, magnified, professing from our lips and with our lives. If we, you know, if we as one truly living a life of unity within the body of Christ. So I only wanted to say that because I wanted to get that off my chest um, before I even introduce myself. Wow. Um, Forgive me for that as well. Um, my name is Jeremy Lee Bender. Um, this is actually my first podcast uh, ever. Um, I'm very new to this. I haven't even really done much, uh, I guess, background uh, studies, uh, analyzing, evaluations. Um, you know, really, I haven't really d- looked into it really at all. <laughs> I'm trying to over-intellectualize, you know, how I'm trying to express why um, not only am I very new to this, but, um, and I may seem kind of clueless, which is why I guess I, I'm explaining it like that. But I am here for a reason. I'm not here just because I'm bored. I'm not here um, doing this because... Um, just because I, I'm seeking recognition for myself, 
with a prideful, egotistic, egocentric uh, motive within my heart, which would that in and of itself would be a tainted, uh, ill motive in my heart. No, I'm not seeking fame, fortune. I'm not seeking anything except to bring honor and glory to Christ. Um, and I believe that this is going to be one out of many avenues, gateways um, to do that. I believe that social media, I believe that media in and of itself, um, which I would consider this to be a certain aspect of that, I, sh I believe that it should not be to seek glory for ourselves, but to well, bring him honor and glory. Um, and that might seem a little overrated to, to some of you, um, especially to people of the world who have not the spirit of God. They have the spirit of the world. Um, my podcast or is going to be primarily for my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, not for the unbeliever. For though there's going to be um, opportunity for the unbeliever on here to know who Christ is, to know what he done for us on the cross on Calvary. And by know who he is, I'm talking about in depth. I'm not talking about knowing him merely as a man, merely as a prophet, merely as a son of God, emphasis on a son of God. No, he is the begotten son of God. He is the prophet. He is the high priest. He is the king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. He was resurrected on the third day after suffering brutality, a torturous death upon the cross on Calvary. He who knew no sin became sin in and of itself. So that those who place their faith, hope, and trust in him wholeheartedly, opening their hearts, accepting him as their Lord, capital L-O-R-D, their Lord, Kyrios, master, supreme ruler over their lives, in whom they surrender and submit themselves to, relinquishing control of their lives and trusting wholeheartedly through an act of obedience, then receiving him as their savior. So Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who now sits at the right hand of the Father, who worked out in heaven, um, speaking, you know, um, you know, go also going in depth on his characteristics, his attributes, um, and you know, just introducing, and then also this would be enlightening to my brothers and sisters as well uh, in the body of Christ, those who who have not been taught properly. Um, who Christ truly is, you know, it's, it's like, there's so many of my brothers and sisters that when they say they're so quick to say they're Christians, right. And I'm not saying that I doubt their, their proclamation, their, their declaration, um, their professing of their faith. Absolutely not. No, of course not. Um, that's why I said my brothers and sisters, right. Otherwise I would say half-hearted pretender, <laughs> No, but there are so many of my brothers and sisters, so, so many of us in the body of Christ, that when it comes to the relationship in and of itself with God, which God yearns for, he desires for, that is, that is key, vital in understanding this when, while growing and developing a personal and intimate relationship with us and knowing um, a huge aspect as to why God created us in the first place is that relationship Right. So many of my brothers and sisters, they are rather clueless as to who God truly is. They 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 know the gospel. But beyond that, they don't have a personal and intricate and intimate relationship with God. And to me, 
How can you fulfill your purpose as a Christian, as a as a man of God, as a woman of God? How can you be most effective for the kingdom if you neglect? And I say and I say this delicately. I, I say this cautiously. I'm not saying this in any way, shape, or form to come off condescending. Once again, pridefully, egotistic, or ego. I'm not. I'm not saying this to 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 be judgmental towards you in any way, shape, or form. This applies to me just as much as any of you, right? I'm just here to keep it real with you. I'm here to. I don't like. To, I don't necessarily like to sugarcoat things. Right. I just don't. There's too many of those sugar coated preachers and pastors and teachers and shepherds out there, which majority of them who sugarcoat part are those who partialize the word of God. They neglect certain aspects of the word of God because they care about more. So they're following their name, being prosperous and their church, uh, their tro- their church growth attendance, um, you know, growing and developing, prospering rather than training up soldiers, warriors of Christ, wholehearted believers Right. So they stick to the very things that will attract people and stay away from the things that might actually convict the hearts of people. Um, and to me, that's uh, that's that's wrong. Those, that's that's exactly what a false shepherd, a false teacher and a false pastor would do. But uh, let's not go down this path right now. We'll, we'll speak on this later uh, later on. But what I was saying is, is this right here? Is that. We have got to understand that the power to overcome, the power to be victorious, the power to be triumphant, just as we see in the book of Romans chapter 8, right? We are more than conquerors. Well, people take that out of context. People think that if I just merely say Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Jesus Christos, Yeshua, and they speak it over their life, right? They think that merely just saying the name, that they're automatically going to experience what it truly means to be more than a conqueror. And then what happens is those people who use Christ's name, but without having true authority because they don't operate in that authority. Why, why is that? Because they lack what is needed. They lack the power. Power comes from presence. Presence comes from the intimacy, the intricate, personal relationship between you and God, growing and developing, flourishing the way God intended. When we neglect that, then our power diminishes. When we neglect that, our effectivity, our effectiveness for the kingdom diminishes, becomes dismantled. The, the, it's not progression, it's degression. Right. Hear me out now, because an atheist. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. An atheist could profess the name of Christ in the name of Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. In the name of Jesus, this this a uh, porn, this porn addiction, this this alcohol addiction, this this methamphetamines addiction, these opioids, opioids addiction or this cocaine addiction, um, these these evil, wicked, just dark, demonic, satanic thoughts in my head. And of course, I use demonic and satanic being professed also from an atheist. Um, In the name of Jesus, get behind me. These chains are broken in the name of Jesus. 
Now, first and foremost, this would be contra- this would be a huge contradiction to that of a true atheist. They would not be professing the name of Christ. They would not even be speaking on the satanic and the demonic principalities and the forces that are operating in this world, obviously. But I wanted to give this ridiculous uh, example so that way you can better understand. An atheist can speak the name of Christ Jesus, and you think that that atheist is going to have any result in speaking the name of Jesus Christ over his life or her life? Absolutely not. Why? Because the presence of God is not manifest upon that person. The presence of God is not anywhere near that individual because that person believes not. That person has faith not in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That person is not seeking with diligence the face of the Lord. The word of God, by the word of God, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, that is a living entity, spiritual, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, Spiritu Sancti, abides in every single word that is scribed, has no power, has no effectiveness upon that person's life. Now you're probably thinking, well, what does that have to do with a child of God who has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Obviously not an atheist, but believes, has faith. You're telling me that it's the same as somebody who, ex- who accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior as an atheist, and this believer is not going to have any effectiveness proclaiming and speaking the name of Jesus, and there's not going to be no nothing that, that comes into fruition, that nothing comes into the realm of reality. What sense does that make? You're contradicting yourself, Jeremy. Absolutely not. Check this out. First and foremost, a believer, a Christian, can harbor in his or her heart doubt, uncertainty. Their hearts could become calloused and hardened. If they walk in disobedience, they can grieve, which they can't. No, that will that will most definitely, this is unrefutable, through disobedience, by disobedience to the will of God as a child of God will do nothing but grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. Your heart will become hardened to and unreceptive to the presence of God. And when that happens, your effectiveness of just speak in the name of Jesus Christ when you are in a state of hardening, state of callousness, a state of grievance and quenching of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the, the same effectivity as an atheist speaking the name of Jesus, as that child of God speaking the name of Jesus in that sinful state, right? It come, it, it, now it all makes sense, right? Because that believer has fallen into a place of darkness, into a place of sin, right? That, that believer has allowed his or her heart to become hardened by sin, quenching the Holy Spirit, grieving the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, neglecting by doing this, living a life of disobedience or, or, or which would cause a need, a dire need to repent. That is neglecting the presence of God. You are pushing God away because the reality is we are as close to God as we choose to be. God wants nothing more than to be a part of every microscopic detail of your life.
He wants nothing more to teach you, to counsel you, to direct you, to help you, to strengthen you, to bless you, to prosper you. To perform things in your life that your human mind cannot even begin to intellectualize, cannot even begin to comprehend or fathom. This isn't a joke. This isn't a game. This isn't mystical, mythical. This isn't made up. This is real life. God yearns and desires like a a burning fire to be with you, to talk with you, to create memories with you while you're here on this side of earth until it is time to come home. Until it is the appointed time for you to come home and enter into the golden gates, the pearly gates to enter into heaven. To be crowned with victory. To be crowned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But we have to understand. If the presence of God is neglected. And I'm not speaking merely with words, but with action and truth through what the way we live our lives then the power to perform, the power to be victorious, the power to be triumphant, the power to be more than a conqueror. Will not come into the realm of reality for you or for me. How can I expect to receive these blessings from God? If I'm in fact living my life washed and cleansed by the blood of the lamb or not. If I'm living my life as a child of God, no different than a child of the devil, a person of the world. I just wanted to say that I wanted to express that I didn't go too in depth at all, um, (laughs) really at all. Um, I wish I could dissect this a little bit more, but this is just really my introduction, um, the introduction to my podcast, I guess. And uh, there's so much more I would love to go over. I get rather excited. Um, and it's kind of hard to contain myself. <laughs> once I start speaking, once I start professing, once I start declaring, once I start getting, I guess, uh, in that mentality and operating just in this boldness that God has blessed me with. Um it's just, uh, it's kind of hard to contain myself. There's so much that I want to express to you. There's so much I want to show you and reveal to you that God has revealed to me. Um, but the name of this podcast, I guess it would have to be WOC, which is an abbreviation for Warriors of Christ, um, which is mainly going to be focusing on the spiritual growth and development of the believer. Um, and when I say that, I'm speaking in totality, every aspect of the believer's life. Um, ultimately, so that believer, you can be the most effective in the advancement, and by advancement, the, I guess what, I guess the best way to put this, I don't want to overcomplicate this for you, Um, and by advancement of the gospel, I'm not talking about advancing as in adding anything to it, absolutely not, 
but advancement as in the Great Commission is still in effect. Taking the gospel and advancing it to the, to the world, to people that may have heard the gospel, um, that needs us, I guess, a spiritual refreshment to those who've heard it at one point in time, and they denied it. It had no, it did not reside, it did not permeate, it did not imbued them. It had no effect on them, but perhaps the person that originally preached this or taught this or spoke this, discussed this to that person, maybe that wasn't the right person to to break the callousness, to, to get through the hardening of their hearts. Maybe God wants to use you, specifically you, and he's waiting for you to step up, step up to the plate, to take, to, to take hold of your cross, to stand up in boldness, the boldness that of a lion. But yet we love and we are gentle and compassionate, kind, respectful, like that of a lamb. Amen. Graceful. Hallelujah. That word charis, grace. Hallelujah. Charis, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection thereof. Praise the Lord. You know, when just going out saving souls, in the words of Jesus, being fishers of, uh, fishers of men, right? I mean, and and the and just the proclaiming boldly the wonders of the kingdom to so many people the word of god is like hieroglyphics it's like a foreign language to them they they understand not and maybe it's because god is waiting for you specifically you to step up and do what god has planned for you to step up and go hard for Jesus to be a warrior for Christ in these evil, dark, wicked times that we're living in. To be a light shining in this evil world, this demonically satanic influenced world where Satan himself, the devil, that ancient serpent, for now... has been granted authority. Over the world culture. And doing everything he can. To lead people astray. To discourage. To break apart the church. Through division. Through dissension. To keep those who have. Not accepted Jesus Christ. As their personal Lord and Savior. Doing everything he can. To keep them in a state of. Blindness. And it might just be you in the name of Jesus Christ that God is waiting to just put on the battlefield. But perhaps you don't know. Perhaps you were just, you don't know, you were unaware, you have not been spiritually equipped yet with the knowledge, with the, the you have not been enlightened. You have not received your spiritual weapons as far as the operations of the spiritual weapons. They're already there. But you have not received the enlightenment, the revelation on how to operate, to utilize, to cultivate your spiritual weapons. Perhaps you need your faith to be grown and developed. 
Perhaps you don't know what it's like to operate in a spirit of boldness like that of a lion. Perhaps you're so used to being a lamb in all aspects of your life as far as not being necessarily walked over, used, abused, um, nervous, um, fear, doubt, worry. I wouldn't necessarily put those attributes with a lamb because Christ Jesus is in fact our shepherd. Read Psalms 23. He is our shepherd. He is the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. Amen. We are lambs in his flock, but he has given us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. Perhaps you just, you don't know what it's like to operate in that, to, to relinquish control of your life and allow the Holy Spirit to operate within you, to use you the way God sees fit to use you. Maybe you don't know how to relinquish Maybe you don't know what your anointing is that God has given you, that God has imparted to you. And how can we operate in something? How can we grow and develop something? How can we become stronger in an area if we know not what that area even is? So there's so much that I want to speak to you about. And if you join me, I would love to be a vessel that can perhaps mentor you, discuss with you, teach you, occasionally come off, you know, maybe preaching. First and foremost, let me say this. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a shepherd. I'm not, I, I don't, for me, specifically me. See, Paul says that I've become all things to all people that I may save many. You know, he's speaking of um, he became all things to all people. He did not stay. He was very versatile, right? He was very versatile in his approach to certain people. He didn't change who he was at the core, right? He did not become worldly to reach the people of the world. That in and of itself is just hypocrisy. That is a contradiction to the way of a Christian. I cannot stand the worldly approach that so many people in the modernized church, if you want to get real technical with it, let's just call it the American, the American church culture, um, that they have sunk down into the realm of the world, <laughs> fleshly, to reach those who are consumed in the flesh. It's just like, that's like the blind leading the blind. You know, you've memorized a couple of scriptures. You've got a PhD behind your name, but yet you've sunk down to, to, the, to the world to reach those who are in the world and bring them up to Christ. That makes absolutely no sense. So I have to become who I used to be before I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior to save those who are in the state that I used to be. That makes no sense to me. Absolutely not. There's no, there, uh, there's not even any logic to it. Right? No. But my point is this, is that I am called to the fivefold ministry of God. And we all know what the fivefold ministry of God is. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Read the whole entire chapter. Don't just read one. And this goes for all your studies. 
This goes for all your Bible readings, your studies, and your meditations. Read and study, meditate upon the Word of God, the whole context of the Scripture. Don't just stick to one piece of Scripture and says, well, you know what? I'm going to base a whole interpretation on this off of this one Scripture when you've got verses before and verses after. Read the whole chapter. And if you need, read the whole entire that whole entire book. <laughs> but no, Ephesians chapter 4, you'll see the fivefold ministry of God. You have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The fivefold ministry of God that is not just used for the that is not just used to bring people to Christ, but also to train the saints. Saints are whom? Children of God. Those who are justified, sanctified, and purified. Those who have been propitiated. Those who have been imputed. The imputation, the righteousness of Christ put on you as, as you've placed your faith, hope, and trust in Him. And revitalized and rejuvenated, spiritually speaking, of course. The, you have been redeemed, eternalized, redemption. Amen. So, but... Also, the fivefold ministry, you know, for the being for the training for the training of the saints, right? The exhortation, the consolation, and just the guidance, the counsel, you know, helping you grow and develop into who God created you to be, just as you were going to be an encouragement to me, a motivation to me. Um, but I just don't, I don't put a, specific, a particular title on my position in the body of Christ. I'm whatever God wants me to be at that appointed time. That's what it's all about. If it's time to preach, it's time to preach. If I'm led by the Spirit, then I'm led by the Spirit. If it's time to teach, it's time to teach. If it's time to evangelize, it's time to evangelize. If it's maybe time to help formulate and structure a church, amen, then it's time to help formulate and structure a church and help the sustaining of this church, right? You know, but um, really this is just, I guess I could simplify it like this. A warrior of Christ, to me, seems like a fit title. It's simple, uh, but yet there's so much depth to it. So much. That's what God needs. You're probably thinking, well, who are you to know what God needs? Well, <laughs> I would say read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and chapter 2. Right? We have not the mind of the world. We have the mind of Christ. As your faith in God grows and develops, as your connection with God grows and develops, as the presence of God is more and more manifested upon you and also through you, the very thoughts of God will be made known to you. It's revelation. And as you read and study and meditate upon the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide you through the Scriptures, God will speak to you. He will confirm, he will validate, and he will affirm his word to you in the way that you will have proper interpretation. That way you won't be led astray. And then when somebody comes uh, <laughs> with false doctrine, you'll be able to rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. And you will be able to, with gentleness, of course, but boldness nonetheless, with love. Amen. Because without love, we have nothing. So you must be, that boldness must be tempered with love. We must not allow uh, that boldness to, to reach a point of pride. 
you'll be able to correct them. And if they heed to it, then hallelujah, amen. If not, well, pray, you know, pray, pray for them. Pray for them. That they will allow God to remove the hardening from their heart. That God will work on them to where they will become receptive to truth. And any demonic spirit that is influencing them to to live, to speak, to be who they are, that you will rebuke on their behalf, intercess on their behalf, that those demonic strongholds be broken and cast down into the pit of hell where they belong, that in the name of Jesus Christ, they will be set free and be brought back to the path of righteousness, to truth, in whom in Jesus Christ is the way, truth, and life. John chapter 14, verse 6. Amen. Praise the Lord thy God. Pray on their behalf, intercess on their behalf, and move on. Right? Um, but I believe with all my heart that a warrior of Christ, especially in this dispensational age we're living in now, where Satan is relentlessly, <laughs> uh, and I do mean relentlessly, um, doing everything he can in the power that he has, though finite, though limited, he's not illimitable, he's not infinite, only the Alpha and the Omega is, praise the Lord. But his power that he has is real. Demons are real. Hell is real, and he's doing absolutely everything he can before the second advent of Christ, he's doing everything he can to take as many people with him. He's doing everything he can to destroy the church. For though ultimately he will fail, but along the way until that ultimate triumph is given, Until then, he will, well, I guess put in simple terms, he will have a taste of victory here and there until then with the objective, his mission, his goal. But ultimately, he will be destroyed. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. A warrior of Christ, to me, is someone who is a threat to Satan's establishment, is a threat to what Satan is trying to do. A true warrior of Christ is someone who strikes fear. Whew. Listen to me, please. A warrior of Christ, a soldier of Christ, is someone, is a believer, a man of God, a woman of God, who strikes fear in the very heart of Satan himself. Because he sees not you. He sees he who is operating in you mightily. Jesus, the triumphant Christ, the same Jesus who stripped Satan of his power of dominion, that all who place their faith, hope, and trust in Christ have been exalted by Christ himself in a position no longer of defeat, no longer 
a slave to sin, bound in chains, oppressed in a defeating way by the enemy, but exalted into a position of authority and dominion over the enemy himself. And that, that is what this whole podcast is going to be about in totality, right? In wholeness. Helping you grow and develop in such a way, not only are you going to be most effective for the kingdom, not only is your, your relationship with God going to prosper, become more intimate, intricate, personal, but you are going to be a threat to Satan himself. I'm going to leave you with this right here. Luke 10, 19. You best remember you best remember this verse. But don't be like, don't, do not be like many half-hearted pretenders and you will hear me definitely speak and teach and about the contrast between a wholehearted soldier for Christ and a half-hearted pretender. But do not be like those who think because they've memorized a couple of scriptures. That they're exactly where God wants them to be. that they are effectively operating in the supernatural, that they are triumphant and victorious in the name of Jesus. Don't be like those who quote scripture, but yet lack the heart behind it. Because if your heart's not in it, there's no power in it. There's not going to be anything that comes into fruition from it. You're just speaking words. Because go back to the atheist. The atheist could earn a PhD in theology and divinity if he or she just had a, a major interest in, let's say, in from their eyes, religion. And they're just wanting to know as much as they can about all different religions, Christianity, in their eyes, being a religion. In my eyes, it's not a religion at all. It's the way, the only way. It's a relationship. <laughs> and you will definitely hear me speak about that as well. But the atheists could have all of these impressive credentials, but yet believe not in God. And so therefore, they might be able to quote the whole word. But let's face it, even Satan himself can quote the word. <laughs> Satan himself can. Let's face it, even demons tremble at the very name of Jesus Christ. But yet, ultimately, they will perish. They will be utterly destroyed. They have not. They are not conquerors. They are not victorious. They are not triumphant. So, just merely quoting scripture has no power if you don't have, if you neglect the presence of God through the life that you live. And of course, if your heart is not in it, then don't expect the power to be exemplified or demonstrated within the scriptures that you quote. Okay. Luke ten nineteen says this. For I give you authority... To trample 
serpents and scorpions. For you are an overcomer of all the powers of the enemy, and you will not be harmed. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord thy God. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, my Lord, my King, for that. As it is written, that is the words of Christ. Goodness gracious, hallelujah. If that doesn't amp you up, then I don't know what will. That just, that scriptural text, that alone coming from the words of Jesus says that I give you authority to trample scorpions and serpents. These serpents and these scorpions, the enemy, these demonic and satanic principalities, these, these forces of evil who seek to steal, kill, and destroy. I give you authority, Jesus says. To trample them. To overcome all the powers of the enemy. He doesn't say some. He says all. That is a powerful word, all. Every single one of them. And you will not be harmed. Mm. We will dissect this next time. Pray. Seek the Lord for counsel, direction. Let today be the day that you draw closer to God. Remember, you are as close to God as you choose to be. And the only power that Satan has over a true child of God is the power that that child of God allows Satan to have. Remember that. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Abba, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity of being able to speak these truths, your truths that are unrefutable, unfallible, spiritual, divine, that of which is sovereign, my Lord, straight from you, my Lord, entrusted to me. And I thank you for just allowing me this opportunity to be a vessel to bring forth encouragement and motivation to my brothers and sisters. And I just pray, my Lord, that I pray a blessing, my Lord. I speak a blessing in your name, Yeshua, your name, which has all the authority, sovereign authority. Satan himself has no authority over you, for you stripped Satan, that serpent of all his power, over your children. And it is your will for us to be more than conquerors, to live in triumphant victor victory, my Lord. In your name, for your name's sake, to be honored and glorified and magnified. To be honored the way that you deserve to be, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I pray over my brothers and sisters, my Lord, the church, and those who who wish to listen to this, who want to listen to this, who, who are going to continue to listen to this podcast. I just pray, my Lord, for peace. Peace, my Lord, your peace, your peace that you give that is not of the world, your peace that the saint himself, no matter how, how, no matter how hard he may try, my Lord, he cannot infiltrate, he cannot penetrate, he cannot take it away, my Lord, because it comes from you. Peace that the world itself cannot, 
cannot produce true peace, my Lord. Joy to overflow within them, my Lord. Uh, contentment, significance, meaning, and purpose, my Lord, I pray. I pray for your will to be done, my Lord, in their lives, but I pray that you allow them to to know what your will is for their life, to reveal your will to them and help them to understand and comprehend so that way they can grow and that they can develop, my Lord, and they can apply these truths, my Lord, and in your will and walk in purpose, my Lord, so they can reach their destiny, my Lord, my God, my King. I love you with all my heart. We are nothing without you, Jesus. We are nothing at all without you. We are wretched, sinful, hopeless beings without you, Christ. You are our hope, our living hope. You are our strength. You are the source of our power. You're the source of all, all we need to live triumphant and victorious lives for your name's sake. Not for us to be glorified for who are we, but for you. Help us to operate in this power, in this strength. Help us to operate in this authority that you have given us. I pray for a hedge of protection, my Lord, a fortified hedge of protection around their minds and around their hearts and even around their bodies, leaving no aspect of their life, spirit, soul, and body, leaving no aspect of their, their, their being neglected, my Lord. That you will protect them, that you will counsel them, teach them your ways, my Lord. Draw them to you, my Lord. We love you, God. Thank you, Yeshua. In your holy and precious and beautiful name we pray. Yeshua. Amen, amen. All right, my brothers, my sisters, God bless you. I love you all. <laughs> and may the Lord thy God prosper you, protect you, and sustain you, preserve you, keep you close to himself. For he will never leave you nor forsake you. And remember, if God is for us, then who can be against us? For surely the Lord is on my side for what can mere mortals do to me? Well, I say this, my brothers and my sisters. What can Satan do to me? What, he, what can he do to you? What can this whole world, if they came together to rise against you, would they prosper? Would they prevail? Absolutely not, because the Alpha and the Omega is for his people. He is our portion. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. I love you.